moving on to the next one. I think this is the one uh, where we're going to not see eye to eye because we've pretty much agreed <laughs> on the first two. Uh, That's right. But this one, so the next one is Chasing Amy. This one is, he he really returned to his indie roots uh, after the commercial bomb that Mallrats was. Uh, as I said before, you know, he, he often doesn't have tons of commercial success in the box office, but his movies end up finding a home on the aftermarket. So Mallrats has kind of become a cult classic. But at the time, they spent $6 million on it and they made like, like they didn't even make that back at the box office. Like it bombed. It really, really bombed. Um, So looking forward to his next movie, it was like, it was kind of uncertain that he'd be able to even make another movie, right? Like he swung and missed with mall rats at the time. Uh, So he had this movie chasing Amy idea that he wanted to make though. And he, he somehow had a development deal by that time with Miramax that he had gotten inked before mall rats bombed. So like he was already kind of on retainer to get a, a movie made, but he was adamant. Whereas he allowed the, the, you know, the production uh, company to kind of even with, even though like he won the Jason Mewes battle with, you know, against Seth Green or whatever, like there were a few things that he let them do that kind of made him uncomfortable. And this one, he was kind of adamant, like, no, I want to cast my people in it. I wrote this movie for Ben Affleck with Ben Affleck in mind, who was one of his best friends at the time. He wanted to bring back Jason Lee. He was dating Joey Lauren Adams and wrote. So like he wrote all these characters with them in mind, like with their voice in mind. Uh, And he was adamant, but keeping in mind that at this time, none of them were movie stars. They couldn't, he couldn't get it financed by like big studios. They, he couldn't get them to give him much money. He finally convinced Harvey, Harvey Weinstein was like, well, I'll give you the money to make it, but if you're going to insist on using this, you know, no name cast, I'm not going to give you millions of dollars to do it. I'll give you a 250,000. That's all you get. Go make a movie for 250,000 bucks. And he was like, fine, we've done this before. We'll do it again. And so he kind of went back to his clerk's roots in that sense. And there was tons of little things they were doing to try and save money. Like the, the apartment that the main character's, live in and is also their studio was a place in Red Bank, New Jersey, right across the street from the comic book shop, like that he now owns. Right. But like Mm. that they got for free, as long as like they fixed it up and painted it, the owners let them use it for free because then they were able to like lease it out or sell it afterward or something. Like that was kind of the deal they had. Right. Like little things like that throughout the entire making of the movie, nobody got paid much money. Um, you know, again, kind of low production values, things like that. Uh, and uh, uh, and it ended up, of course, between the time that they made the movie and it came out, Goodwill Hunting came out and like started winning Oscars. So suddenly Harvey Weinstein and company were like, oh, my God, we got Ben Affleck practically for free for this. Mm-hmm. Market it, market it, market it. <laughs> and right. it ended up being this blessing in disguise because like he made it for almost nothing. And it like kind of, I think, made money like it did pretty well, right. uh, you know, relatively speaking. But so the next one, Chasing Amy, uh, my synopsis is a comic book artist on the verge of his big break falls in love with a lesbian. Personal growth and dramatic monologues ensue. <laughs> um, of course, it stars, like I said. Ben Affleck in the lead role, 
uh, as Holden. Jason Lee is his best friend and business partner, Banky. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams, who was his girlfriend at the time, plays the female lead. Uh, not Amy. <laughs> but uh, what was her name in that, actually? Uh, mm. I I can't believe it just escaped me. But uh, oh, Alyssa, Alyssa Jones. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, stars a guy named Dwight Ewell played uh malcolm x not malcolm x um again hooper hooper x the the black comic book writer who's like black power guy right um ethan suple casey affleck scott mosier and jay and silent bob bob all pop in for very small roles um little cameos again um and so before i say anything more what I want to hear what you think about it. Cause I know that, like I said, I don't think we're going to see eye to eye on this one. Um, what did I think of this movie? So how do I put this? It's, it's like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad movie. Like, I don't think it's like unwatchable. I just, the premise is flimsy to me. Like the basis of the story to make an entire movie, out of this concept, it like shows through in the execution that it's kind of like they didn't have enough to go on. And all I'm doing is like watching people argue with each other after the halfway point. And I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, 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 yeah, I guess it's just, it's to me, like, it's just not an enjoyable concept for a movie. Like I, I, that's, that's my big gripe mm-hmm. with it. That's why I, um, uh, I also, Joey Lauren Adams, I'm like, it's like, she's, she's good in this, but like, she's also, I mean, she's not who I would have picked for this movie, but like, I don't know. I mean, what were you going to say? So for for you, it's, it's more, it's just, it, it doesn't land. Is, is it, is it the concept of a lesbian falling in love with a guy? Is that part of it? Like you find that to be not very believable, like that she would just, it's not like, it's not believability. It is, Uh it is the issue of why are we making a whole movie out of this? Cause they could barely make an episode of friends out of this or something like they, it's, it's not, there's not enough there in my opinion. Mm. And it just is not compelling on screen. Like I'm just watching it and I'm like, so, okay. So I think personally, I think pound for pound, it's the best movie he ever made. I think it's, it's kind of deeper. It, I mean, it's, it's got like the comic book references and some of that silliness and it's got some really funny parts in it, but it goes a level deeper that, and again, it gets personal because he, he drew very much from his personal life on this one uh, in more dramatic ways instead of just silly things that him and his friends did. This was actually, he, he pulled it directly from his relationship with Joey Lauren Adams in real life. And I think that's part of why she's the main character or she, she's the female lead and why he wrote this with her in mind and everything. Whereas the, the premise one of the producers or somebody from that had to do with mall rats or something kind of gave him the idea of like this guy that falls in love with a lesbian, whatever. But I think at the time it was supposed to, the, the entire setting was different though. It was like a high school movie or something, you know? Um, 
think, you know, can't hardly wait or that kind of a setting. Right. right. And as, as the, the, idea developed though it became a lot more personal to him as he tried to crack the code of how to make the movie and to be quite honest i don't think he wanted to make a movie like that he was you know he liked making personal movies so the the a thing to keep in mind about it and something that that i i know this from reading reading it and Mm -hmm. hearing him say it more so than like figuring this out on my own or anything like i'm not a film critic right but uh but the 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 whole premise of like her being a lesbian is really more of kind of a plot device. What the movie is, it's not actually about like lesbians falling in love with guys, which is kind of silly. Right. right. And honestly kind of insulting, I would think right <laughs> to, to that community. Um, I mean, I can't speak for them obviously, but like, you know, I, I could see where that wouldn't sit very well. Uh, but it's what it's really about is male sexual insecurity. And male insecurity in general, because the recurring theme in it is that Ben Affleck's character can't get out of his own way, right? This mm-hmm. He's got this girl that he's in love with, and she falls in love with him. And that should kind of be the be all end all, right? Like she's been around the world and, you know, figuratively and, and literally, and she is head over heels for him and wants to be with him. And he's all she wants to be with. And yet as soon as he learns about her past and knowing about her past, he can't get over it. He feels inadequate. He can't, you know, like she's had these adventures. She's had these sexual experiences, all these things that like he can't live up to and he can't get it out of his head. And he becomes basically a nightmarish, jealous boyfriend that thinks that there's like some code that he's got to crack, right? Like he ends up coming up with this plot where, you know, he and his best friend who is a textbook closet gay homophobe, as you find out through the movie, uh, who is basically a jealous friend, (laughs) right? Mm. Uh, he, He concocts this idea where they all need to have like a threesome so that then his friend will have, the experience he needs to come out of, out of the closet. Basically he'll have just as much of a, you know, crazy sex story of his own, et cetera. And like, he'll now be on her level. And ultimately that torpedoes everything. Right. And she leaves, they don't end up together. It's a movie where I don't think it should have a happy ending because he screwed up. Like he torpedoed his own situation and he drew that literally right out of his own life. He was dating Joy Lauren Adams at the time, and he was this fat writer director from New Jersey who still lived in New Jersey at the time, hadn't even moved out to L.A. Meanwhile, he had somehow ended up in a relationship with Joy Lauren Adams, whose star was rising. She'd been living in Hollywood for a while. She'd been cast in movies. She had already like lived in Bali with a previous boyfriend or something like she'd been all over the world. She's this like rising star, and he couldn't get over himself and his own jealousies. And like, like he felt every time she had a, you know, a reading with another actor, some, you know, Hollywood stud, he felt insecure and threatened and whatever. And like, he couldn't get out of his own way. And basically that's what this movie is about. It's really about him and real life, Joey Lauren Adams. That's, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I guess what I will say is it's, as you may know, like fairly it's, it's obviously I'm not going to like relate directly Mm -hmm. to the movie, but it's like the whole like relationshipy, like 
all that shit is like, for me, that's probably why it's like, it's just a not for me mm-hmm. kind of movie. I'm right. not saying it's necessarily terrible or something like that. I'm just saying like, in my mind, it's, it's not the kind of movie I want to watch. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there's, there's some good themes. There's th- some things that like, uh, they, I don't think that they were making a lot of movies with this kind of subject matter that were being released on the mainstream that I know about, or at least by a guy that like you wouldn't, I don't think you would have expected this as a third movie for Kevin Smith, you know, like mm-hmm. it would be, it would be, you, you would just think he'd keep going in that same vein of mm-hmm. people digging around and doing stuff like that. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess my my lack of relationship experience. It's like I watch it, and it's like just, it's like not doing anything for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm yeah. not. So I mean, it's. I can definitely say that I, I though I liked this movie when I initially saw it. I think it's a movie that I've liked more as I've gotten older, and mm-hmm. as I've as I've like every time I rewatch it, I think I like it a little bit more. And especially knowing like that context behind it of like what it's really about and what he's really trying to say, um, I think I can relate to in some ways um, just from my own past relationships and stuff. I've definitely felt that way before. Uh, right. Felt, felt, you know, like like unsure of myself and my own insecurities. Um, I mean, as as you know, me being married to your sister, like we've known each other since high school. And I had a crush on her for years before we started dating. So there was definitely, even for me personally, there was like a time early in our relationship where it was like, when is the other shoe going to drop? Like she was always too cool for me. I'm just that dork from high school, right? That that was invisible at the time. Like, you know, at what point is she going to realize like, I can do better than this guy. (laughs) Right. Right. And that, you know, never happened. But, you know, luckily for me, but like there's definitely it's a it's a a mindset, I think, that I can identify with. Yeah. um, In in that regard uh, of just not feeling like you're good enough for the person that you're with kind of thing. Um, And and therefore feeling feeling a little threatened, you know, that like, you know, of of the unknown, even of just like, when's the other shoe going to drop? But uh, uh so, and I also, I think I really like, uh, even though, as you said, it's not like a Kevin, or it's not a, as of that point, a typical Kevin Smith, Jay and Silent Bob type goofy movie. Right. Right. It's, uh, I really like the performances in it. I think it's got up to that point, like some of the best act consistently best acting in any of his movies and directing and, and stuff like that. And I think it's got, like, I actually really like the monologues, uh, both Ben Affleck and Joy Lauren Adams deliver some pretty weighty monologues that I think are really good. Um, and it even does a couple of things that, again, I don't, I could be way off here because I was probably too young to realize it, but like, I don't remember so many gay characters being, being as prevalent in a movie without being caricatures of something, you know, right. of some, some off the wall comic relief thing like like hooper x is you know the gay black guy who describes himself as a minority within a minority within a minority that nobody's looking out for me and he again is kind of trying to pull ben affleck's character along to be like this isn't about you 
you know, like right. you got to get over yourself. Um, yeah. But like, you know, kind of, and, and even the way he uses that Hooper X character as a, a person who like keeps having to pretend he's something he isn't, you know, to right. get credibility and everything. I don't know. I just, I think it plays on a lot of levels that I really find interesting. And then ultimately spoiler alert, they don't end up together because he's torpedoed this thing. To me, the worst thing he could have done in that movie was have her say, Oh, well, what can I say? I, I love you anyway. Let's live happily ever after that. Right. Destroy the movie. He, he butchered the relationship. He just, he, he made himself a nightmarish jealous boyfriend that no one would want to have anything to do with. Right. His friendship with, with, Banky dissolves, his relationship with Alyssa dissolves. And though they all kind of end up in a better place eventually, like at the very end of the movie, they've all kind of gotten past it and grown as people, their relationships are destroyed, right? Like right. it's not gonna work. And I, I think they were I think he was right to do that. Yeah. I mean that's I think, yeah, it would be I feel like it would be wholly ridiculous if this movie had a happy ending. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you get the scene toward the end of the movie where Holden actually pitches the idea of the threesome. And it's like, it's just, I, I can't, you know, it's like, you, you can't believe that he thought it was going to work. Like it was <laughs> right. going to be like a good idea. It sounds like such a terrible idea. Oh, and it, it does. is. And it yeah. is. Right. Right. Like, she slaps him and says, I'm not your fucking whore and leaves. Right. right? Yeah. And it's like, as, as she should. Yeah. It's right? like, he just does not get it at all. Yeah. He doesn't get it. Uh, but then, you know, you, you come around at the end and like, she's presumably in a new relationship. He is older and wiser, you know, and realizes that he blew it and has got to get out of his own way. And, you know, hopefully won't make that same mistake in the future. Banky has moved on and he's, you know, got his own comic book now and stuff. So it's, it's not complete tragedy, but yet they're where they ought to be after an ordeal like that. Right. Right. After a really bad three way breakup, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's despite all that though, I do, I don't want to overlook the fact that it still is kind of a dark comedy or there's a lot of comedic elements in it. I mean, I think there, there are some moments in it that, that I just love comedically. Like when, when he discovers she's a lesbian and makes out with her girlfriend in front of him and Jason Lee says, now that is a shared moment. And like his reaction to suddenly realizing that they're in a gay bar right, <laughs> is classic. Um, the thought experiment that Jason Lee does when he puts, you know, the, the Easter bunny, Santa Claus, uh, male friendly, pretty lesbian and a man hating dyke as he calls it like he puts all four of them at a crossroads and there's a hundred dollar bill in the middle which one gets to it and the answer is the man hating dyke because the other three are figments of your fucking imagination (laughs) (laughs) which i just thought was hilarious but of course that's again part of his like and it's kind of a recurring theme which might which I could definitely see putting some people off because it there are moments where it's kind of hard to see or hard to watch in retrospect in this right. day and age. But he's basically a, you know, a gay bashing homophobe that turns out oh, yeah. he's a closeted gay, right. gay person, right? Yeah. Like he, he, he is a gay person. He's just like, that's how he's dealing with it. 
Right. Right. Um, I, I would say, I would I say, do enjoy the bit like the, at the very beginning of the movie, when the, they're at the, the table at like the comic con or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the fan comes up and they're like talking to Banky and they have the whole back and forth about him being a tracer and he's insistent yes. that he's an anchor yes. and he's like, no, I am an anchor. He draws the pictures. I go through and ink them and blah, blah. And like, they just will not fucking let it go. It's just, I mean, it's really, it's great. Jason Lee comedy, honestly. Yes. Yes, it is. It's very good. And that, that the, the guy <laughs> giving him shit is Scott Moser, the producer. Oh, okay. And the next person in line is Casey Affleck, right? So yes, I saw, I remember yeah, that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With more, uh, yeah, yeah. More, more inclusion of, you know, friends and family and stuff right there. But, uh, I also, I, I love the way that again, he leans into comic book culture, mm-hmm. but this time he also, and I'm not a huge star Wars fan myself, but like he weaves in the star Wars at the same time this time, like mm-hmm. he brings them both together. And so Hooper X is opening, speech when they see him at the, the like on the panel or whatever and he's talking about and he's talking about star wars and darth vader you know he's finally this black character voiced by james earl jones and then they pull off his mask and he's crusty old white guy <laughs> they're trying to tell us that inside that we all want to be white <laughs> and, oh and jason lee stands up and says well isn't that true <laughs> he goes on a rampage which was turns out it was all set up right but i i thought that was uh i've always really thought that that string of dialogue was, was funny the way they did that. Um, if I do have one criticism, I do think that sometimes the script is a little too lengthy and like highbrow for its own good. Like sometimes it's, it's some of the dialogue feels a little forced to me. Like, like it doesn't fit the beat of the movie. If that makes any sense, like, like the line is too long for the beat that it's supposed to fit in. Right. I feel like that happens sometimes, uh, which I don't know. That sounds kind of persnickety, but kind of bothers me sometimes in certain moments in that movie. Uh, but either way, I really like this movie. Like I said, I think it's pound for pound his best movie he ever made. Uh, I give it an A and I flirt with S tier on it, but I don't because of some of the flaws actually that you pointed out where I think some of it is a little too ham handed and, I, I don't know. There, there's something that keeps me that that keeps me, you know, one step short from from going that high on it. But I do give it an A. I think it's an excellent movie. So I gave it a C. Um, I like I said. I mean, I kind of talked it to death, but like essentially, just not super relatable for me. Not really the kind of movie I typically want to watch. I. I I come I go into movies with as open of a mind as possible, and I, but it's just like if this for me. It's like I, I mean, yeah, it 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 would be. Um, I could look at it completely differently if I had led a little bit of a different life, but there that is what it is. Um, I did want to because I knew that if I like. I could literally put a trivia item for every movie on this list and you would steal it from me before I could even say it. So this is one that I read. So when Kevin Smith pitched the movie to star Affleck, Lee, 
and Adams, Miramax said they wanted um, wanted more established stars for the lead role and pitched John Stewart, David Schwimmer, and Drew Barrymore. I don't think I knew that those three were the ones pitched. I mean, it's Wikipedia, man. It's gospel. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, when I read that, I was just like, I don't, I don't like anything about that. Like, I don't, I don't think that would be a good idea to, yeah, holy shit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, they got lucky though, because by the time the movie actually came out, Affleck was like a Oscar winning writer. Right. <laughs> he was like the, one of the golden boys in Hollywood suddenly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so you got anything else for chasing Amy? Uh, no, I don't. So why don't you introduce the next one on the list? Brandon at Random Reviews artwork, theme music, and podcast are written, performed, recorded, engineered, directed, and produced by Brandon Griffiths in association with Brandon at Random Reviews Entertainment.